Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Smash Pop. Hello and welcome to Smash Pod, a podcast celebrating all the Bond films by those who enjoy, hate, or aren't even asked about them. Hosted by me, John Rain. We will be delving deeply into Bond, tackling a different film each episode with an exciting guest by my side. Now, episode six brings us the classic Antipodean-flavoured on Her Majesty's Secret Service. My special guest this week is all-round amazing British television, radio and film writer, Sarah Phelps, who can be found on Twitter as at Sarah. So, without any further ado, let's get on with the show and steal that copy of Playboy. Anyway, you have given me a wedding present. The best I could have. The future. Mrs. Bond, shut up. And don't eat it all at once. He loves me... Instinctively. Infuriatingly. Intensely. In... 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 in? in? Indubitably. <laughs> so, Sarah Phelps. Hello. Hello. Welcome aboard the good ship Smash. Thank you very much. I'm truly excited. Brilliant. So had you you seen The Majesty's Secret Service before, I assume? It, yes, I saw it when I was a kid and um, I've seen it, a, you know, a few times before when it's been, you know, when it's been on the TV and everything and I've always watched it from a, I don't know, not just a sense of nostalgia because I'm not a huge Bond film fan, but I have a really, I have a deep love for On Her Majesty's Secret Service for many, many reasons. And then obviously I've been watching, I've watched it again recently because of doing this and wanting yeah. to reacquaint myself with Telly Savalas and George Lazenby and Dinah Rigg and the fantastic Ilsa Sepat, who is Irma Bunt, who yeah. I love. She's brilliant. Oh my God, she's amazing. Tragically, I read she died like a month after it came out. 
Yeah, that's what I read as well, because I went and looked her up, because for some reason in my head, um, well, lots of reasons in my head, mainly I've got brain, like I said, I couldn't remember the name of the character, and I kept calling her Rosa Claire, but she's not that at all. So I went and looked her up, and I was... I was actually quite saddened because she's fantastic in this film. She is. She's like the evil matron from the Carry On films. She, yes, she is. Yeah. She is blind Hattie Jakes. She is, she is Hattie Jakes' dark twin. I would have liked that scene where he goes in thinking that she's Rosie. Is it Rosie, the girl's name? Ruby, I Ruby, think. sorry, yeah. And he goes in and she's pretending to be her, like little Ed Riding Hood. Yeah, terrifying. I'd like to have progressed and it became romantic. That would have been quite... Interesting. Yeah, you you could have, you could have held that over just a little bit more, couldn't you? But yeah, it's uh, it's it's a fantastic moment. She's brilliant in it, and she's mm. got great timing as well. You know, and that helicopter ride, she's amazing. Oh, it's brilliant that bit. But the bit at the beginning that you know when um, Bond turns up at the beach at the beginning and sees Diana Rigg racing for the water. Beautiful Tracy, yes, heading. Yeah. Dry- past him at a million miles an hour and then walking into the sea. Yeah, I was, I was a bit concerned at first because I thought, how does he know she's committing suicide? She might have just gone for a night swim. Listen, nobody goes for a nice swim wearing couture like that. They just don't. And if she was going to go for a nice swim as a Bond girl, she'd strip off and reveal her beautiful sort of curves. And it would be a very, very different film. But he's already seen her, you know, he's seen that she drives like a maniac and, she's, and he's seen some sort of quality in her face, which is... She doesn't care. She's walking into the sea. She's she is absolutely filled with despair. I love that about this film. That this yeah. is what you've grown up with. That it's this thing that never ever gets mentioned. Is she is full of despair. She doesn't want to live. She says it really clearly, yeah. you know, several times that you know people play it safe when they when when they want to live, and she doesn't. And that's extraordinary. There's sort of something. You know, I don't want to sound like I'm getting too wanky about it, but oh, it's, it's, wank, it's, wank away, wank away. But yeah. you know, kind of existential thing about you know existential quality to it, which is no matter all the fast cars and everything else, that actually something really fundamental is missing, and that's the, the same is true of Bond because this is the only film really in this you know before we get on to sort of later manifestations and later mm. rejections that. This is the only film where he's a human being, where he's a, a, a man. Yeah. The kind of, I don't know, off he goes with his quips and his hairy chests and his extraordinary priapism. But what, you know, the reason she's depressed is essentially her, it's her father, isn't it? Yes. Is it? Oh, well, God, it's her father and a load of other things. I mean, her father, well, he's always saying how much he adores her and everything else, like everything. They'll happily thump her. Yeah, well, no... He, oh God, that's a, that's an extraordinary moment, isn't it? It is. He gives her a good punch to knock her side, out. Yeah, to knock her out and says, "Spare the rod and spoil the child." Mm. But he, but he adores her and spoils her and but pimps actually, her out. First of all, you know Bond has a big old fight with all with all of Draco's guys. Yeah, and, and you know he's brought the, what looks like the worst martini in the world, and then it, and then the, the dad says, "So basically, there you go, have her. She, you know, she's yours. I'll give you a million quid, and she's yours." And you think he says she needs a man to dominate her, make love to her, uh, make love to her until she loves him back. And when I was watching this, I was just sort of thinking. This is this is some sort of 
this is this is some fathering. This is some hardcore parenting going on. I had a vision of my dad trying to do the same to me. But, <laughs> Actually, babe, do you know what? Just don't bother because, you know, you'll get grey hair and you'll 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 die before your time and you'll just be miserable, so don't bother. Hey, see yourself out. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite it's quite I like the backstory about her mum when he said that her mum decided to go and find herself and, and went to the mountains. Yes, to find a man. Corsican brigand. I would, I would watch the origin story of Tracy all day long. I thought it was a bit risky because this is like a fifty percent chance she could have got a Bigfoot. What a Bigfoot in the Corsican mountains? Well, you never know. They're they're all over the place, you know. Well, Bigfoot. Yeah. No, in the Corsican mountains, I have it on very good authority here. Right. In the Corsican mountains, you were only going to meet devastatingly handsome brigands like Draco. Right. Draco. Because I love I love Draco and that guy who plays him is wonderful. Draco. He's a baddie, but he's also a goodie. Yeah. And and that is the most partridge thing I I think I'm ever gonna be able to say. <laughs> yeah. But he's he's great because um he basically says, you know, I you need a man to dominate her and Bonders already before this point um, when he's seduced her in that hotel room after he's been... Oh, yeah, he's also, he's given her, he's given her a thump as well. And yeah, sort of I was like, going to say, he's just slapped her and nearly broke her wrist. Yes, and wrestled the gun from her from her hand and told her to get dressed and she doesn't. Yes, it's all um, after one of after a great fight. He has a great fight in her room. Yeah, that worried me. I, I was worried that Bond might think she was like the princess in Shrek because she says, um, I'll meet you up in my hotel room. And when he gets up there, she's suddenly a giant black guy. I know who, but they, and then they have what is a fantastic bite because the mm. um, the kind of huh, ha, ha, he, yeah. and, the, and all the sort of sound effects and the ADR. I, I love the vision of people standing in the ADR booth, kind of grunting and heaving and sort of sweating into in, into the um, into the microphone and sort of throwing sticks on the floor to simulate the sound of those ri- of those terrible furnishings getting broken. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a it's a great fight. It's not as good, it's got as good as the one he has later with uh, Drake, Draco's men, where they put that reverb on. It's like, chow, 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 chow. <laughs> it's brilliant. The one with the, the fight that it, amongst all the pipes, the the the, um, the the fighting in this is yeah. There's some cracking cracking punch ups. Well, they, they they keep um, massive punches, massive punches going yeah. le- everywhere. But they keep speeding it. up a bit in editing, which gets quite irritating after a while. Yeah, and close-ups on people kind of standing there with their arms over their head, you know, ah, oh, like this. Yeah. Great. It's fabulous. Um, but the, the reason Draco's good, though, is that he, he, will, he will do what the uh, government won't do for Bond, come through for him. That's because he's a baddie who's also a goodie. Yeah. And apparently, and apparently very good at uh, tugging at Blofeld's heartstrings by saying that it's a, it's a mercy mission to the flood victims mm. and, and all the rest of it. But... Um, yeah, very persuasive, clearly. And and what I also liked about that mercy mission in the helicopters mm. is that saying that to fighter pilots that uh, they've got a load of, you know, the most eminent figures from the world's press, you know, they've got a helicopter full of journalists, is enough to make all the planes peel away and leave them alone. Yeah, if only you'd have said we've got, like, Piers Morgan, Gary Bushell. Yeah. you have blown out of the sky. Yeah, just, you know... <laughs> Vaporized, vaporized in a moment. I liked it when Bond went uh, to see M, and uh, basically tricked, got tricked slightly into going on a holiday when he wanted to quit. But when he goes to his office, which we've never seen before and we don't see very often, and we have the little song melody of him going through his drawer. Oh god, yeah, but you know, I, I don't, I hate that actually. Do you? Because- 
was. I think it's all part and parcel of how uncomfortable um, the Bond franchise felt with the regeneration, mm. if you like. Because even in the even in the titles, I mean, I don't know if they do the same in the titles before um, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, but all of it, you know, the kind of you know, you know the little bits of film inside the silhouettes of the naked girls and everything, all of it is from previous films. It's oh like yeah, yeah, I forgot that. I'm trying to say to the audience, you know, it's um, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Like they they they've lost confidence in some way in what they're doing and what they're making, which I think is a real shame. And I think it really sells Lazenby short. And I there, think there was it, also a poster campaign where they had a, a Bond figure there, but the face was, you couldn't see it because they were worried about putting him on posters. I, I find it huge. i tell you something, George Lazenby must, well, I don't know, he, he must have some serious chill or some serious then because what a bruising and brutal uh, process to go through hmm. is, you know, here you are, we've cast you as Bond and then we're just going to tell you repeatedly that you don't fucking matter and that you're, you know, going to undermine you virtually at every sort of, in every possible way. I mean, even when they're walking, when he's going to see Draco and they, they're walking through, there's a guy with a broom whistling. Goldfinger. Yeah, whistling one of the tunes and, you know, going hmm. through that suitcase. You can tell that's an add-on. Yeah. You can Hell, that that's not scripted, and that somebody, some execs, are now we need to make them feel like this is actually Sean Connery. It's not. So they, you know, he goes through his um, his box of belongings, that obviously, you know, his mementos, hmm. and then it's sort of Honey Rider singing that song from Doctor No, and it's, I don't know, I, I don't like it at all. I, I, it makes me feel like I don't miss. They don't believe they, they don't believe what they're doing. They're Maybe it was a kind of stars on forty five record they were releasing. Oh, yeah, but, an advert for it. Yeah, I know, but they were shit too. And I and, yeah. and I was around when they were being released and I was dancing to them at the local hop and and smoking consulate and trying to trying to meet, you know, the bad boy's eyes and convince him that I was kind of amazing. Um what am I talking about? So thousand <laughs> forty five can get fucked and all yeah. those kind of look, I know it's George Lazenby, but let's pretend it's Sean Connery by reminding you of films that you have enjoyed previously. Um, I don't like it. I'm a bit worried about M's intercom, you know. Oh God, yeah, was it? Very- he can he can basically hear everything by the by the by it seems. Yeah, it's about as unsecured as a, as a, as the White House phones, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh- satire. No, oh, sorry. <laughs> It's like, where would I be without you, Money Penny? Where would I be without you, Money Penny? I love Money Penny. She's a she's um fantastic. Bit weird though. Yes, maybe. With I don't know, yogurt and vinegar. She's just well, she's just sitting there in that office, and then she gets to wear the most hideous bloody hat at, at a wedding. Oh no yeah. One, yeah, God Almighty, it's awful. It just looks like a kind of gutted sofa plonked on her head. <laughs> I don't know. She, um, you, you know, you'd have to find ways to amuse yourself, really, wouldn't you? Is that why he steals that porn mag from the solicitor's office? I have no idea why he is. I've chosen to overlook that. I think he, I think he steals that to make it look like he's any other regular guy walking out of an office yeah. with his centerfold. We all do that. Well, you know, probably in the seventies. Who hmm. knows? Who knows? Not me. <laughs> you were too young. I was. I wasn't born till seventy-seven. Weren't you? No. God, you're so young. I'm 40 this I... year. Oh, give over. Bloody hell, I'm 50, bloody one. Wow. I know, it's shit. 
But I, I'm, I'm actually, I think what I just think, I've completely refused to acknowledge it. Completely refused. Well, the porn mag? No, being 51. Oh, I see, it. sorry. Well, I did read why he had the porn mag. Go and tell me, because I, 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 I think I might have missed that bit by blinking. Well, apparently, well, apparently the Bond comic strip first appeared in Playboy and it was a bit of a... Oh, you see, that's another really shit thing to do. It's all that thing about, don't worry, guys, you're in the right hands. He wanks over tits the same as you. Oh, fuck off. You know, it's... There's always the kind of things... I don't, I don't even know how. I would honestly. love to see that scene, by the way. What's that? Of him knocking one out over that poor mag in, <laughs> in a car park or something. <laughs> oh, park, sort of goes down with a gangster's pie and just has a, just has a lonely tug. <laughs> well, maybe that. I, I think that's I think that's Greg Gumbold, the lawyer, has gone. Well, oh yeah, um, he had know, two he, mags. He took the other one and left one. He left. He left one. The centerfold was too much for him. It it wasn't going to be discreet. He had a kind of like he had he had something smaller. And um, Though worryingly, he did say, "I'll be back in an hour." Yeah, well, you know, he's got to have a sandwich as well. Keep his strength up. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's, a, that's a really. That's a really interesting um, scene. That one, I just because it, it it doesn't necessarily feel, you know, despite the kind of you know the bits on the side, like let's have a you know the porn make and everything else. Yeah, is that there's a feeling to it which doesn't feel, I don't know, as you know, like Bond. It feels like like if you went outside, somehow you'd be in a different sort of movie set in a different sort of town, like like New York or something, and you were in yeah. some really nasty conspiracy, paranoid thriller. But um, I don't know how that film survives what was done to it to convince people that it was a Bond film, actually. It's mm. weird. Well, apparently it's the... Um, well, I'll say apparently. Apparently it's the only um, Bond film that's, like, slavishly adapted from the book. Really? Yeah. That's why there's a continuity error in it. I'll I, oh, tell me the continuity error. Well, he meets Blofeld, and they don't recognize. They don't know what each other look like. But in the previous film, they met. I well, I was that was something actually I wrote down, which is how the fuck doesn't Blofeld recognize Bond? Yes, because this one come was supposed to. They were supposed to do this one after I think Thunderball, and uh, instead they did You Only Live Twice, which which goes after this book apparently. Well, it's just. Feels strange anyway. I mean, um, I didn't... Well, I knew it was sort of slave... Well, I can remember vaguely reading the book when I was about, I don't know, 11 or 12 or something, hmm. and, and sort of thinking, oh, this is great, which is probably why I love, you know, I enjoy it so much when I watch it. The, the one that... Um, the one that is complete, completely sort of changed from the book is um, The Spy Who Loved Me, That's, which is a really, really strange book. Do you know that one? Have you read that? I haven't read the book, no. The book, if I'm oh God almighty, I could be completely wrong and my mind could be playing tricks with me. I remember when I read about it, it's completely written from this woman's point of view. Mm. And, and sort of Bond sort of only sort of like appears in it as this sort of man who comes to this motel after scenes of terrible sort of violence and assault and everything else. But needless to say, he, he does heal the woman with his magic penis of vitamins. Of course. Um, she doesn't turn gold, I hope. She doesn't She doesn't turn gold. No. Sort of, like, goes off and just sort of, like, that's the end of the story. Off he goes, and she's all healed from her terrible ordeal, and that's the end of The Spy Who Loved Me. So um, I'm sure I shouldn't have been reading those books when I was that young. Quite weird. They, are quite, they can be quite sadistic in places. Well, they've surely made you into what you are today. 
Well, I kept thinking, this is brilliant. Is this what happens when people are, you know, when you grow up, hmm. you know? Um, and I can, you know, there's a fantastic detail in Dr. No, you know, where he's got those sort of metal pincers. And there's a fantastic detail at the end of one of the chapters where he taps his eyeball and there's a sort of metallic clink because his eyeball is sort of metallic as well somehow. He's got weird contact lenses on. I say weird a lot. I don't like it. So he's like uh, Columbo. Well, who? Columbo's got metal eyes. He's got a glass eye. I mean, it's nearly the same. Well, well, that would, yeah, that would give a kind of clink. But, um, a different yeah. kind. A different kind. We can change it in Foley, love. We, we can do anything in Foley, love. <laughs> um, so um, I wanted to talk about Bond as uh, basically our, our great impressionist because he is espionage's answer to Bobby Davro. Who, Bond? Yeah, because he does Hilary Bray's voice, doesn't he? Well, he's dubbed, oh, obviously. Oh, but... God. Hilary Bray, Jesus Christ. I think he does that really... I think he does that really well, that kind of... You know, those stuffy um, academic guys. And it's just a whole sequence on that helicopter, you know, yeah. which is, where it's sort of pretend, pretending to have sort of like, you have the air sickness. You're too good at that. I know, I've been practising. <laughs> oh, there's a bit that I love so much. I'm going to get my feet back on solid ground. Hmm. Not proud, I... That's right. And he's such a, you know, you can just tell that Hilly, oh, call me Hilly. Oh, my good God. And, and the slight stiffness. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Dubbed by George Baker. Yes. Oh, I read. <laughs> and Joanna Lumley is one of the girls in the... Yeah. Um, and I'd forgotten that, and I was just like, Christ, there's jo- Joanna Lumley. Hilary Bray. Hilary Bray says he wants to go and do some brass rubbings. What I was also thinking about that was Blofeld's determination to be ennobled, that he was so... De- he was so desperate to be this sort of... Nigel Farage. Exactly. I kept thinking about it yeah. all the time. Just, I, won't, I want to be more famous. I don't want to be Bluefield. I don't want to be Blochon. You know, um, the, the whole thing about, you know, I was born with, I was born with no earlobes. Mm-hmm. He wants to be a count. Yes, he wants to be. He's desperate to be a count because he offers that to Tracy, doesn't he? And yeah. You can be a Contessa. I already am. Yeah. Up your ass. Yeah, if you ask. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, so 
Mr. Palace has the most lustrous, lustrous eyelashes. Have you noticed in this? Yes, film? he's got he's got lovely eyes. Oh, he's got beautiful eyes, but he smokes brilliantly. He smokes oh. like a proper a proper degenerate villain. I have. Mm. And and he gets the best ski wear with that yellow goggles. Yeah. And a profoundly unattractive sort of skiing hat that just looks like a giant foreskin pulled over his head. Yeah. He, sexual bickles. Sexual bickles. Yeah. He's glorious. I do love it so. Yeah, but he, the, he, he's monologues as well. You could listen to them all day long. Oh, it, with with his sort of like purring, velvety voice. There's a fantastic. I mean, Blowfield as well is this campus string of silver sausages. You know, the mm. first time you see of him is with this Persian cat and this ridiculous kind of princess telephone for <laughs> for all his you know villainous phone calls. Yeah. And, um, you know, when he's hypnotizing the girls, I I have taught you to love chicken. It's it, it's fantastic. It's yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I like that bit because he's basically doing his own hospital radio, isn't he? <laughs> he's sitting there with all these tape decks. Like, this one's for all you oh, truckers the out there. Decks. The tape decks are amazing. There's mm. about sort of like 40 Casio cassette recorders. And, you know, you're just sitting there thinking, God, those things were a pain in the arse. Yeah, you'd think once this- you'd think, this is good. I, I've got this down now. But after about the third time, you'd think, oh, fuck this for a game of soldiers. Yeah, you really would. Just, I can't even be bothered, but... I mean, like, would you really pursue a course of world domination by disease if you had to dick about with 30 Casio cassette recorders? Because they'd come a point where you're just like, oh, fuck off, you know. Forget it. Everyone go home. I'm going for a bloody... I'm going on the luge. (laughs) And what if you'd forgotten to wind them back one night and you just pressed play and it was like... Or it started going backwards or anything. Jesus. The more you think about it, the more you think, well, Blofeld's pan, poor guy. I mean, he's really hamstrung himself because he's got to, you know, he's got so many girls in this clinic and all the rest of them, and he's just got to do these endless broadcasts. And it's really, really labour-intensive. And I think that's the flaw in his plan. His security's shite as well, isn't it? His security is a load of bollocks. Hmm. Um, And I kept thinking, well... You know, he's uh, there's a bit that Draco says. Well, he he's recruited some of my men, and you sort of think, well, you know, what what's he offered them? Because um, he doesn't give he, he doesn't give a damn. He sends them into avalanches and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, the and in the clinic hideaway, there's a really fantastic little detail. There's um, I've become obsessed at looking at sort of like the furnishings in the sets of of, of the film, yeah. which are generally awful. But in the clinic you know, the clinic of evil, hmm. there's, there's these sort of details on the wall of these things that look like giant caterpillars that are supposed to be, I don't know, some sort of modern art installation, but are there basically so Bond can hang a couple of baddies up against them, these sort of massive spikes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you sort of look at them and go, what are they doing? They're completely incongruous. It's like, oh, I see. Oh, I see. They are weapons of death. They are furnishings of death. Yeah, it's how Tracy killed Gunther, isn't it? Oh, yes. Oh, there's a brilliant bit where she drags him through a kind of decorative bit of, um, you know, gilded whatever, and he ends up wearing part of it as a sort of crown, and then she throws him down the stairs. It's fantastic. Yeah, good on her. Oh, I love her. Diana Rigg is amazing in this. She's absolutely amazing. She's, you know... She's more than a Bond girl in this. She's just... She is, um, you know... It's Mr. and Mrs. Bond. She's absolutely mm. on the footing that, you know, the, she drives like an absolute demon. Yeah. 
and you know she can do everything and she can gallop on a horse and throw a cat in the air and dance on the sand and all the rest of it and it's but the driving is fantastic because she's completely you know it's when the character comes alive this sort of sense you just just as much of a thrill as Dangerous, he does. Yeah, well, she's got that same attitude with him when they first meet, hasn't she? Because she shags him and then buggers off and leaves money for him. Yeah, a paid in full. Yeah, it's just I'm not a business transaction. Be, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, but I'm. I'm not going to be bored. Yeah, it can't be pimped by my by my um my overbearing papa who punches me, who punches me, but uh, he still loves me because that's you know. That's that's it, isn't it? That's how it works. That's how it works. However, you know, he is trying to get her off a mountain that's about to explode. Yeah, I suppose that's fair enough. Well, you know, not really. Well, <laughs> the co- in the context, you know. But the thing is, going back to the um, clinic, what bothered me about the security is that uh, there's only a button on the outside. But you've got these young girls who are just completely available, and anybody could literally press the button and walk in, and they wouldn't be able to get out. Oh, what? Like you mean the um, the security guards could go in? Exactly. I just I was I was worried about that. I just thought. I think they'd be too scared of Blofeld. You reckon? Yeah, I do. And also, you know, they 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 wouldn't dream of it. They're too much in his thrall because they don't actually have sort of like characters or any sort of sense of their own of of their own volition. They are just there to be thrown about, basically. You you know who it was though, because it'd be the guard who previously didn't like chicken and now loves it. And now loves it, or, yeah. or doesn't, you know, it's really, really was hated, you know, bacon, and now it's just a wash with, the, with frazzles. That's, that's the guy. That's your. A wash with frazzles. Oh, well, I know. Now I've just said that I really want some frazzles. Mm. So, look, blow, Blowfelt's thing works. Yeah, it does. We, we haven't even heard the full rendition. Of what? Of the whole tape that they get played. We haven't heard the whole thing. No, no, you only hear a little bit. You might have bought a multi-pack of frazzles. Oh, I buy multi-packs of frazzles all the time. I don't need them <laughs> in his earlobes. I like the way Bond is so in love, because I think just before he goes to the clinic, he declares his love for Tracy, or at least his infatuation with her, goes to the clinic and shags, what, three women? Yeah, I know. But is it Bond or is it Hilary Bray? Oh, is it the last gasp of, of you know, the wild bachelor who's about to be tamed by love? Is that what it is? You think the last fling? I don't know. I think that sounds completely factuous. I just, I, I, I would like to think that, you know, he declares his love for Tracy, but the minute he puts on that ridiculous cape and that... Um, that Kilt. Kilt. Hmm. Um, you know, but basically he's in those ridiculous glasses. He's Hillary, Hillary Bray. Yeah. Hillary Bray. What a stupid name. Although I have to say that Lozenby looks amazing in one of those tailored shirts with a frilly front. Oh, doesn't he, though? He looks good. I'm telling you. You know, that's a fine figure of a man. And the other thing he pulls off, which is almost really hard to do, Hmm. is he looks great in riding clothes. Yeah. Men do not look good in breeches and long boots. They've got to have good legs and a good butt. Yeah. And he's got those in... Well, he's got those in spades, hasn't spades, he? Yeah, absolutely. Poor fellow. I really do feel for him, though. I really do. I wonder what the hell that must have been like, the backlash from, um, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. I wonder what it must have been like being on that film, knowing that... He did behave like a bit of a dick, though. I'm sure he did. I behaved like a bit of a dick. What, how, what's the story? Did you tell me the story? Oh, well, he drank too much. He broke his arm by 
doing stupid thing he wasn't supposed to do. He shagging around on on set and things like that and behaving like a you know behaving like Bond. Yeah, well basically behaving like Bond, yeah. What was Sean Connery like on set, I wonder? No, I don't know. I wouldn't like to guess. Oh. But famously Lazenby's agent convinced him to quit Bond because of counterculture and Easy Rider and all that and that Bond was yesterday's news and so he quit. So he quit and mm. and and never got into Easy Rider. No. He uh he went to Hong Kong. Oh, well, people do. What yeah. happened there? Uh, he was going to be in Bruce Lee's film Game of Death, but Bruce Lee died, and then he ended up doing some films for that nobody watched. What does he do now? Is he still, is he still with us? Yeah, he's still with us. I think he now mainly does um, conventions and things. Oh, Christ almighty, really? Yeah, but, a- yeah. <laughs> he does all right. Mm, yeah. I think he married into money, so he's all right. Oh, well, I'm going to start feeling sorry for him then. He's yeah. okay, sod him. Yeah, don't feel sorry for him. He wouldn't feel sorry for you. Well, I don't know. Maybe if I did my, my you know, maybe if I told enough of a sob story. Yeah. I'm quite convincing the sob stories. I'm sure you are. I like the bit where him and Tracy get in the car to escape and they effectively recreate the moment for Mary Poppins where they enter that horse race. You're right, it's that. Yeah. She even says we didn't get the trophy and I was a bit like, are they going to sing Super Califragilistic in a minute? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's Dave Van Dyke and Mary and, and Julie Andrews. Yeah. Actually, really, oh my, I, do you know something? I've never, ever thought of it like that. I've never seen that. First thing I thought. That's because you've got a keen eye. <laughs> Some say I have two. Oh, you have two keen eyes. I was just basically looking at it and thinking that actually I really was enjoying um, uh, Irma Bunt in the back, just basically screaming, yeah. enter him, drive into him. And all these kind of lads, you sort of like these little cutaways of lads in minis just having the shit battered out of these little cars. It was, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a great sequence. All of those sorts of things, you know, the car, the, the, um, the driving sequence. And I even love the skiing, even though you know them, that really awful thing of playing a film behind it while people are looking around. Yeah, this, the back projection doesn't work very well with skiing, does it? The back, the back protection is, is is grim, but I do love all those skiing sequences. Mm. Although Bond does throw in a really shit joke that doesn't work at all. When that man falls in the um, snow blending machine. Yes, oh, you always have those. Do you know what? Yeah. Here's the weirdest thing. Well, because I haven't seen it for, like, decades, I, I was convinced that that was Telly Savannah's line. And when I replayed it in my mind, I always mm. had it as this sort of really a, a sort of malicious delight of, of Blofeld sort of contemplating his eviscerated, you know, body, you know, one of his lackeys, just yeah. he always had a lot of guts. And I and, and when I was quite, I was quite shocked when I realised it, I remembered it wrong and it was actually Bond's line because it doesn't work coming from Bond. No. For a start, they're way in front. Yeah. So why would they be looking back? And it just like, that, that kind of thing bothers me, that kind of, thing offends my my kind of uh, pedantry when it comes to scripts. He does a, another joke later that doesn't work either, and, and I was thinking, who is that joke for? It's when he kicks Blofeld up and Blofeld gets throttled by the tree when they're, when they're doing the bit from Cool Runnings on the bobsleigh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he just suddenly goes, he's branched off. Oh, God, oh, no. It's awful. It's such a... It's a real dad joke, and it's... Mm. No. I, oh, yeah, awful, awful. There were, there were quite there were quite a few of those, but um, he's branched off. It, well, honestly, they, they should just clip that out, and we, we should we shouldn't speak of it. We should just no. let it play quietly. We'll remove we it should, from the record. 
Yeah, we should just look away while it sort of vomits over its own shoes, that line. (laughs) But Bond and Tracy get married at the end and it's a very lovely ceremony. It's, yeah, you know, it's great. You know, there there he is. Uh, Bond's done his dad joke. Mm-hmm. You know, poor old uh, poor old Blofeld is is never going to get his coat of arms. He's never going to be recognised as a count. He's hanging in a tree. Bond's rolling around in a snowdrift with a St Bernard. And the next thing we know, we're bedecked in flowers yeah. and his wedding. And you know, he's not going to be he's not going to be the 007 anymore. They're off they go to Tunbridge Wells or to wherever to go and. M's bonding with Draco over alcohol, as M would. Yes, yes. Oh, of course he would. He'd just be sizing him up and thinking, "How can I use you? How can he, I get some whiskey out of you?" Well, I think he'd be he'd be looking and thinking, like, "Will you be useful? Mm. Will you be useful as a, maybe as a sort of counter agent, mm. counter espionage?" And it's all you know. But you see what I mean about money pen is terrible hat. She's yeah. turned this wedding. Everyone's looking amazing, and she's the one that looks like I don't know, kind of. She just got prolapsed upholstery on her head. <laughs> it's just really, really depressing. And that's sad. Hmm. She's not sad that Bond's getting married. She's sad because she, he's getting married and she looks like shit. And it's unfair. <laughs> no one was more relieved than Money Penny when the wedding was cancelled. Yeah, because then she wouldn't have had to wear that thing. But this is um but this is what I love about this. You know, the ending is such a fantastic bummer and it does genuinely It's so it's so powerful. And it really gets to me. Yeah. It really gets to me. And actually, the last lines, mm. you know, there they are, they're so happy, and, uh, you know, here they come, and I'm, oh, God, you know, the, the mm. smacking of the, um, of, of the bullets. It's actually really brilliantly done because there's a stray one that sort of pings off the bonnet of the car. Yeah. And, and there she is. There she is just there with that, with that hole in her head. And... The line Bond comes out with, which yeah. just floors me. Yeah. When when the copper that you only see once, never see again. Mm. It's it's like, it's all right. It's quite all right, really. She's resting. Mm. I, what the Jesus? And you know, what, I mean, the moroseness, the tragedy, the and the balls to end it just there as well, like not to do a epilogue or anything or. But also the balls to end it on basically the image that is characterises Bond, which is like the bullet hole. Mm. You know, mm. it, it, this is what it is. There you go. You've got Bond silhouette, and then he turns and he fires at the screen, and that bullet hole it is Bond. I'd never thought about that. That's brilliant. And what you've done is you've done something which is, I think, quite subversive because actually what this bullet does is it is it kills people and you go out to the cinema and you've been given this sort of moral weight of loss you can't enjoy the bullet you can't enjoy the endless guns and the gadgets and the explosion and the blah 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 and the, and the body count because actually there we go we've got a body right in front of you and you're looking at the thing this emblematic image of shattered glass and a bullet hole yeah you don't go out walking on air thinking that you've seen a great action-packed macho movie, which is with beautiful women and a sexy man and quips and God knows what else. Mm. You go away with basically heartbroken. It's it's I think it's I think it's extraordinary. Me too. It's just so powerful. But we've come to the point in the show where I have to ask you the smash quickfire questions. Oh God, will I be able to answer them? Oh, oh God. yeah, it's not it's not trivia. It's just opinions. Don't worry. 
Chill out. I'm chill. I'm chill. Good. Right. First one. Who, in your opinion, is the best Bond and what is the best Bond film? Oh, well, I'm not the best Bond watcher. And it's so I'm going to say that the best Bond film is on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Mm-hmm. Although I do have a liking for Live and Let Die. Um, I don't even know why I have a liking for Live and Let Die, just because I think it's Jane Seymour and her tarot cards and yeah. Roger Moore sort of raising his eyebrow at every opportune moment. Um, best Bond. Oh, my God, I've got no idea. You're going to... Connor is the iconic one, but I think... Oh, God. I'm going to say Daniel Craig. No, actually, I'm going to say it's going to be a mashup between... Timothy Dalton and Daniel Craig. Brilliant. Okay. So, who, in your opinion, is the worst Bond? And what is the worst Bond film? I don't know which the worst Bond film is. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's lots of them. I'm going to say, because I've never been able to really sit through it, any of them, that despite my passionate, passionate love for The Long Good Friday and Piers Brosnan's grinning face hanging over the back of that car, yeah. Pointing that gun at Hoskins with that fantastic music going over, and Hoskins doing just basically reinventing facial expressions and acting. Um, I'm going to say Brosnan. Mm-hmm. So, who would you have as James Bond next if you could have anybody? Do you know what I'd say, Riz Ahmed? Oh, that's a good shout. That's a good shout. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm. Do you know I'm? I'm. Come on, let you know if we're gonna if, if the franchise is gonna keep going, mm-hmm. then because people talk about Idris Elba, I think he I think he'd be great. Riz Ahmed is an astonishing actor, and I think well that would be a, that would be something to watch. Yeah, I agree. So Bond is full of stupid names, i.e., Miss Moneypenny, Penelope Smallbush, and Holly Goodhead. Give me the best Bond lady name you thought of just now. Oh my god! Um, You're still laughing at Penelope Smallbush, aren't you? That can't be true. It is true. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, silky warm slice. Oh, silky warm slice. I like that. That's good. Silky right, warm silky warm slice. It is. So, next question: Give me your best Bond film title that you've just made up. In homage to one of the greatest Bond fans ever, mm-hmm. Partridge. I think I am going to call my Bond film World of Leather. World of Leather. That's fantastic. So here we go. Last two questions. A hypothetical fist fight takes place between Simon Templer, the saint, and James Bond 007. Who wins? I would like to suggest mm-hmm. that between Simon Templer and James Bond, they fight, but it suddenly becomes quite women in love. Alan Bates and Ollie Reed and women in love. And... It just becomes... Porno- uh, pornographic. Well, not pornographic. It just becomes mm-hmm. a sort of like a, an exploration of like male desire and sexuality. And I think we can say that no one wins and yet we all win. Mm. Such, such as it is. That's I a, don't know. That's I, a beautiful I, I, answer. I, I'm going to say that Simon Templer might be a bit of a, a, a ratty fighter and when Bond isn't looking, he's got like a club down the back of his trousers and he brings it out and he coshes him and then kidney punches him and then he walks away. But So he's kind of won, but deep down in his heart, he knows he cheated. Yeah, well, that's fine. He'd live with that. He'd probably still got that halo. I think he, he would live with that. Yeah. I think he'd be pretty proud of it. 
All right, final question. You're stranded on an island with Sean Connery, George Lazenby, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig. Who do you elect as leader to devise your rescue attempt? And if that fails, who do you eat first? The rescue, the rescue attempt. Do you know what? I'm going, I'm, I'm going Connery. I'm going Connery. Mm-hmm. I'm going Connery for the rescue attempt just because he would be going, you know, he, he'd want to get off. He, he's got golf to do and things like that. Yeah. I, I, I think that he's played such a huge variety of, of roles that he could utilise those roles yeah. in, in, in getting a rescue attempt together. Now, and who am I going to eat? Um, well, we're not going to eat Roger because he was too brilliant doing the um, being the narrator for the Triffid Opera on Brian Byrne. Yeah. Um, yeah. A bloody Triffid. <laughs> a bloody Triffid. <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It is. I'm afraid. I'm afraid we're going to have to go for for Pierce Brosnan again. I'm going to eat. I'm, I'm going to eat Brosnan. Good. I I, th- I think it would be. I I think he'd be good eating. Mm, probably good for you. Yeah, I think he really would be good. Uh, I think it'd be good, and I I think there would be. I think he's probably got quite a good sense of humour, and I think that you know that would be. You'd feel that in the, in the steak. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Does this taste funny? Does this taste like? Like he's trying to sing ABBA. Oh, I know. Yeah, let's not mention it. Let's just keep thinking about the Long Good Friday. I de- I'm, de- I'm definitely eating Piers. Mm, mm. That's a great answer. I don't, I don't want to eat Daniel Craig. I'd, I'd, I'd be scared. He'd give you those eyes, wouldn't he? He'd give you those eyes, and, Tim- and you know, Timothy Dalton. We might need him. You know, he might. We might need to. We might need him to headbutt someone. Yes, and read his vicious poetry. And read, and read his vicious poetry, read his vicious kind of nature poetry and get us all pecked up. Yeah, yeah, we need him for the, the long nights at sea. Oh, God almighty, what reading poetry. Yeah, that's, and that's starting to depress me. Can I change who we're going to read? <laughs> I, let, we're, we're, we'll eat Dalton. We're going to eat Dalton. But then Brosnan will sing to you on those long nights at sea. Yeah, but you know what? Before S.O.S. Before we eat him, mm-hmm. I can make Dalton teach me how to give a really good headbutt. So anything coming out of Pierre's mouth that that sung, yeah. he's going down. He's going down. I can't think of a better answer than that. That could it, it could sort of tip the boat over, but I'll take that risk. Yeah, fuck it. It's worth it. It's it is worth it. Yeah. Well, Sarah Phelps, thank you so much for joining us this week. You're you're very welcome. I hope I I hope that makes sense. I've really enjoyed it. It's been brilliant and it's been lovely to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Smashpod. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.